You're listening to Marketplace Ministry, a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs that looks at business through a biblical lens. Your business is a calling, and when you do it according to God's principles, it is an act of worship and brings glory and honor to Him. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to Marketplace Ministry. My name is Jason Smith. And this is Justin Jeffco. Good to be speaking with everyone today. And man, don't we have an awesome power-packed episode for you today. That's right. Today, we're continuing our discussion on the leadership lessons of Jesus. Last time we were here, we talked about how there's a need for leaders mm-hmm. to teach what they know, to impart that knowledge and wisdom and understanding to their followers for this purpose. This purpose today is send them. So in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, starting in chapter 10 of Matthew, chapter 6 of Mark, and in chapter 9 of Luke, uh, this is taking place right after Jesus preached his Sermon on the Mount. He gathered together all of his disciples, and he sent them out two by two. Note, Jesus gave this assignment to his 12 disciples. It wasn't the rest of the crowd that were gathered there. It was his 12 disciples. That means Jesus dispatched six two-man teams to go into the immediate area and preach the gospel. Matthew chapter 10 details Jesus' complete operation order. Okay. Yeah. Now, what is an operations order? For those of you who are non-military folk, let's explain what an operations order is. (laughs) This is a formalized plan for a military operation. You know, in the military, there's a five-paragraph operations order, or it's abbreviated OPORD, that outlines the situation, the mission, the execution, the service and support, and the command and signal. This format allows leaders to deliver information about the scope of a mission in an easy-to-understand language. From the highest level, the op word is usually very general in scope, because if you've got like a general up here that has an idea of what what he wants to accomplish in an area of operations, he's going to be giving his op word to the next level of leaders down. And so the next level of leaders down, they're going to receive this op word and they're going to personalize it. They're going to make it fit more what their area of operations is. So if there's supply, then supply is going to modify the op word to fit the mission of the supply team in the overall scope of what they just received yeah. from the higher up. As the op word comes from the top down, it gets more specific. The higher up you go, the more general it is in nature. And the lower you go, the more specific it is. Because the people who are on the lowest level, which are your frontline soldiers, Mm -hmm. they need to know what their job is so they can execute it in this mission. And if they do their job right, then their leaders will have done their job right. And then their leaders, and so on all the way back up, will have done their job the way that it needs to be done. It's up to the leader to determine what needs to be done and where you're at in that chain of command determines the level of detail you have over the operations order. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I was playing playing close attention. I, I okay. wanted to make sure I got this. Okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad. I mean, it's it's when you talk about military stuff and civilian stuff, it's, sometimes it's, it just doesn't jive. This is basically what happened is Jesus gave an operations order to 
his oh, disciples. Wow. Now, now that you put that in there, you talk about it, that he gave that operation order to, to his disciples, very strategic on what he wanted and what he commanded. It all just kind of ties in to... to Man, that gives me chills, man. It gives me fired <laughs> up. Yeah, so he knows. He, he, he's the leader. Actually, God is the ultimate leader, yes. right? So God is leading, and he has given, he already, Jesus' mission, he knew before he was born. He knew that he was coming to earth to die on the cross for all of our sins. This is his mission. But to fulfill that mission, he has to do some things along the way. And part of that is teaching other people what he knows, because he's not going to be around forever. So he needs people to carry on this legacy. And so who is going to do that? And that's his 12 disciples. Mm -hmm. And so he has spent time teaching them what to do. And you know, a lot of times individually, yeah, because he knew all their strengths. He knew their weaknesses. And a lot of times, yes, he did teach them uh, at times all together, but it does also talk about taking them by the hand, yes. each individual and taking them on and going different places. One, you know, one disciple at a time, like Matthew, mm -hmm. you know, especially with preparing the Sermon on the Mountain, you know, each time taking their strengths and basically teaching them along the way to, you know, one-on-one -on -one counseling. And sometimes we all need that. Yes. And that, and you know what, that's the, what the Bible does in a lot of ways. Jesus, when we have that time, He's given us that one-on-one -on -one time mm -hmm. that with him. And through that time, he's giving us instruction on what to do. And each time we really get into the Bible, it's going to tell us different. It's going to tell you something and it's going to tell me. Yes. But And that's why when something jumps off the page, that means you're not only grasping it, but it's revelation, brother. Yes. And, and that's what Jesus did is he took that one disciple at a time and really got them into what he wanted them to do for their life. Amen. You know? Amen. That's good. And so for the sake of brevity, we're not going to read all of Matthew 10 today because that would, that would take up most of the show. But we do encourage you to go back and read it on your own. You know, be more noble than the Thessalonians. Be like the Bereans yeah. and go and seek out the scriptures for yourself to see if what we're saying is true. Go check out Matthew chapter 10 through 11, verse 1, and then check out Mark chapter 6, verse 7 through 13, and also Luke chapter 9, 1 through 6. You know, Luke is probably the the most brief of the three scriptures, but yeah, check them all out because I think Matthew's brings a lot of detail to the situation, and, and that's where we're going to draw from today in, in this operations order. And so I want to talk about an operations order, what I was able to pull out of the scriptures. Uh, so the situation is that we know that Jesus has launched, launched his ministry, and now it's time to go and tell more people about the gospel so that he can gather more followers. He tells his disciples about the enemy. He tells them there would be religious people who are opposed to their message. Jesus told them how to respond. He said, do not worry about how or what to say. Speak what the Holy Spirit tells you to say at that time. If they experience persecution, they were to escape to the next city. So they're not supposed to stay in a city where people are against them. They're supposed to leave right. and go somewhere else. Uh, Jesus also said that they would they would not get to all of the towns before his time came. I think that's so important to realize is that Jesus is sending you out to go to these towns to find certain people and mm -hmm. talk to them, but you're not going to make it 
before my time has come. And that's why he took the time to prepare them because he knew once his time come, that mission has to be completed. So he prepped them for that whole entire time because once his time came, he knew he had to send them out to finish it. To yes, get the exactly, work. exactly. And one of the things he told them is like, if you go into a home and the people there don't receive you, that you're to kick off the dust from your feet. And that was to signify that we're breaking ties with you. We have nothing to do with you. We're not going to waste your time. And we're not going to try to convince you Mm -hmm. of what we believe because you didn't receive us. So we're going to go to somebody else who wants to hear what we have to say. And and that's the thing, you know, so many times we're like, man, you want, we want to get this person to say that person, that person, like really take the time. Like I would rather have that one person to spread the gospel to that is going to listen rather than go to 99. Who's not going to take the time to listen to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that one person is key because that one person you minister that wants to listen, man, what he's going to do because he could go out and find that 99 Mm -hmm. and continue to build that. And all because you took the time to help that one person. Very, very powerful stuff. Amen. And then then he also told them about friendly forces. Mm-hmm. So friendly forces uh, in the military is like if you have other fire teams, other units that are in your area, you got to know where they're at and what yeah. they're doing. That's important. But for for his disciples, the friendly forces here would be those lost sheep of Israel, those people who welcomed the gospel. Okay. And yeah. so if they went into a town, they were told to let their peace lead them. And if they got into a home and they were accepted, they were to give a blessing over the house, a blessing of peace. And it's, and Jesus said to stay in that house, to dwell in that house until you leave the city. So if somebody welcomes you in, stay there. That's what he told them to mm-hmm. do. And that's the situation part of Jesus's operations order. He outlined the mission, and this was the mission. He said to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, Jesus was particular about whom God assigned him to. He knew that he was not assigned to the Gentiles. He knew he wasn't assigned to the Samaritans. It it said specifically that he was called to the lost sheep of Israel. And the way I interpret this is that he was called to the Jews who were scattered from the diaspora, mm-hmm. which happened during the intertestamental period. That's the time between the Israelites' return from exile, when Nehemiah and Ezra uh, took over the land, up until the time that Jesus was born. We know that there were several different regimes that reigned during that 400 years. And right. so during that 400 years, some of, the, some of the Jews stayed in Jerusalem, but some of them were scattered to other parts of the world. And because they were scattered, they amalgamated into the culture that they were in. So if they were, if they dwelt with the Persians, they started to take on the the culture and the the way right. of life of the Persians. If they were with the Romans, and they started to imitate and do what the Romans did, and so we we have this amalgamation taking place. They knew God, they knew the scriptures, but they had become lost to it. It was no longer in their their mindset because they had been scattered and they began to adopt these other these other thought processes and other ways of life. Mm-hmm. So these are the people that he's assigned to. He's going to go and speak to the lost sheep of Israel. These are people that once knew God, once had relationship with God, but for one reason or another, they fell away or they walked away from God. He wants to he wants to reconcile these people back to God. Wow. 
the execution. How are the disciples supposed to carry out their mission? They're, they're sent to the lost sheep. Well, how are they going to do it? Jesus told them exactly what to say. He said they were to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I think that's so pivotal mm-hmm. that he would use that exact phrasing. But if we think about it, it's the lost sheep of Israel. So they knew God. They knew the things of God. They knew a Messiah was on, the, on his way. They knew he was coming, which suggests to me that if Jesus gives them this phrase, for the kingdom of God is at hand, they would know what that means. Oh, man. And one thing that just popped in my brain, my brain is he was so clear in, in, in today in the, the wicked times we're living in. He knew because, like I said, he is pouring out his, this, his spirit among all flesh today. And he even prepared us for people that are going to come at us and are going to attack us. He, he even said, they will hate you. They will dislike you. Families will turn against you. That's okay. Keep looking up because he is Ooh, there. That's so good. And it, 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 and this is, I carry that with me because no matter, you know, who I'm talking to, whether it be in a store or just praying for someone, there's always going to be that person that, that dislikes you. Be, guess what? Jesus, you're doing exactly what he is wanting us to do. Pray for people, love on people. Just because that one person don't like you, great, man, I, I'll pray for you. Guess yeah. what? But, and, and, but the thing is, is he is preparing us and he equipped us with everything. And he said this would happen 2,000 years ago. The thing is that we carry that today because when we go out, okay, Jesus said there's going to be people that are going to get upset. That's fine. So look up. He's with us. I don't care what if someone yells at me or whatever. I don't care because he, Jesus said this would happen, and I'm going to do exactly what he says because it's going to be okay because Amen. that's what he wants us to do. You keep that focus, and that's that leader mentality years ago that he said, and we carry that today, and that's how strong of a leader Jesus is, man, because he's sending us out exactly the way he wants us to go, following what he wants us to do, making the disciples. He and man, it just gets you fired up. Hey man, it does, it does. <laughs> and they weren't just left with what to say either, Justin. He he equipped them fully for this exactly. mission that they were going and on. Us today. And, and so how did he equip them? He gave them authority over demons and sickness. Yes. So he he has said, You have the authority from me to go cast out demons and to heal the sick. So he gave that authority to his disciples mm-hmm. to do that. That was something they were equipped to be able to do. He also told them not to take anything with them. I think that's so important because because wow. he's t- saying, I want you to go to all these places. Don't take anything with you. You don't need a change of clothing. You don't need money. Basically, without saying it, he's saying, all of your needs are met. I'm taking care of you. And having been a soldier in the army, I can tell you from my personal experience yeah. that when you are a soldier, you don't have to worry about where your next meal's coming from. You don't have to know where you're going to lay your head. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear because the military, once they process you in, they issue your uniforms, they take you to the chow hall three times a day, and they give you a place to sleep. Your needs are met when you are a soldier in the military. And this just really dropped on my spirit. It's kind of like with the disciples, when, when Jesus was here and he was equipping them for years, it's kind of like they were a kid and they were growing up from zero to 18 years old. Same thing when, when you have a parent in a household, home, you're the kid, you know where you're going to sleep. A lot of times, you know where you're going to sleep, you know what you're going to eat, you know, your needs are met. You're going to go to school. You know, you're going to have clothes. 
Same thing with Jesus. He That's what he was doing with his disciples for all those years of his life. Now, I know when you're a kid, you go from zero to 18 and you're on your own. But Jesus, he took care of them just like that. He knew where they were going to go. He knew where they were going to sleep. He knew what was going to happen. And then, once he knew what they want, he sent them out. Amen. All right, time to leave the nest. But he said, don't worry. Because like you just said, all your needs are going to be met. Don't worry. Don't stress. Because if they had an ounce of stress or anxiety, then that would would inherit. It would hurt them uh, to to fulfill the fullness of God. Exactly. So he's saying, you don't have to worry about nothing. I got you covered. And and then he told them, you know, these are the people you want to look for. He Mm -hmm. specifically said, go into the towns and ask who here is worthy. So these are the people that you're supposed to be going and seeking out. Who's worthy in this town? Who is worthy? That's a powerful statement. Like, wow. Can you imagine being one of the one of Jesus's disciples and walking into a town? Let's say you're going into city hall and you're going up to the mayor of the town and saying, "Who here in this town is worthy to to talk to? Who should we go talk to? Who is an important person that we need to speak with?" Could you imagine doing that? That 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 right there seems like a lot. Yeah, I'm sure they they were nervous about it, but of course they, they spent time with Jesus. He told them what to do. He taught them. So I think they had that confidence that came from being with him. Then we get to the service and support portion of the mm-hmm. op word, and like we've already said, service and supports talking about you know how are you going to be supported in the military? And Jesus is very clear: all of your needs are met, all of them. Command and signal, I don't think this was necessarily used in Jesus's time because command and signal talks about command signs like or mm-hmm. call signs. So if you're in one unit, you might be Papa, Tango, Romeo, whatever. They, they might give you a code name. They didn't really give code names like, well, outside of maybe the Sons of Thunder, right? There, <laughs> there weren't too many yes. code names or call signs that, that they needed to be aware of. Why? Because they didn't have radios back then. But in the commanded signal, it also talks about what's your chain of command. And we know that Jesus was the commander. He's the one who issued this command and said, you're going out. This is your mission. Jesus also told his disciples where he would be going. Because, I mean, mm, if, you're a yeah. good, if you're a good <laughs> leader, you're not going to just say, all right, I'm sending you guys out. Peace. No. You're going to be like, I'm sending you out. If you need anything, this is where I'm going to be. And so he had to tell them, because it says in the Gospels, so Matthew knew that Jesus was going to Galilee. So if Matthew knew, that means the other disciples knew that Jesus had gone to Galilee. But as soon as he finished delivering his operations order, and you can read the full order in Matthew chapter 10, it says in verse 1 of chapter 11 that Jesus finished speaking, his disciples immediately left him to go fulfill their missions. They went. There was no hesitation. They got their orders. They understood their orders. Exactly. They were clear about what they were to do, and they went. He didn't have to hold their hand. He didn't have to go sit over them and watch (laughs) them and micromanage them. In fact, what did Jesus do? As soon as his disciples left, it says in verse 1 that he went preaching and teaching all over the cities of Galilee. So wow. so that tells me that just because you have helpers and you send them out, that your job as a leader is not finished when you send your people out to go do it. You still have to fulfill the mission that you were assigned to do. And Jesus's mission right. was assigned to go to the cities of Galilee. Meanwhile, he was able to accomplish more by sending his disciples out to the regions surrounding that area so that he could uh, impact more people 
in less time. So a few things about sending out your followers to do the work. Number one, first, you got to call, call your followers. Second, you must show your followers what to do by performing the work and demonstrating what and how to do it. Number three, you must teach your followers the why behind what you're doing, get behind closed doors, share the vision of your ministry and business and instruct them so they have a clear understanding of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then number four, send them out. Give them a clear mission. Don't be too specific because it's not necessarily about how it gets done, but that the mission is completed in the end. About the end result. That's right. If the way they finished the mission mattered, then Jesus could have quickly done it himself. But Jesus left the way up to them. He trusted them. He trained them. He trusted them to do it. He wasn't a micromanager. But that's not to say that the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. Because if you start off doing a task and you decide to do something that is um, unsavory in the process just to achieve your final objective, and yes, you got your objective, but you did it in the wrong way, that's still doing wrong. You have to do it the way that Jesus told you to do it. You can't you can't go around it. You can't cut corners. You have to do it exactly the way that Jesus said. And then when you do that, you bring honor and glory to him because you're trusting him. The obedience. It, it's so you important to be obedient. one way and be like, oh, it's working. Well, let me try to see if this works. That's the disobedience. As soon as that clicks, that's not from God because he already gave you the vision. Yep. And then you want to choose a stick to that provision, no matter what you think or might come in your mind to think, oh, well, maybe I can do this and it'll get done faster. Let me tell you, sir, <laughs> it's going to be done. The It's it, it's not going to be exactly done that way. It's going to be done wrong. And then it it is not going to wind up the way you thought. And then that goes under the category of disobedience. That's so, good, Justin. It reminds me of a scripture in Proverbs that says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but yeah. its very way leads to death. Ooh. So... You can try to do things based on your own understanding, but the better way to do it, and we touched on this last episode, is to renew your mind. Get in the Word. Oh, yep. Renew your mind and adopt the mind of Christ. When you are able to think the way Jesus thinks, then you're able to execute the way that Jesus would execute. Right. Amen. 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 Wow. (laughs) Amen. I really take away from this that this is the basic framework of training, is that if you're going to train people the proper way, first, you're going to call them, second, you're going to show them, and then you're going to teach them, and then you're going to send them. And I've got a short story I can share with you about that, is that we recently got a pet guinea pig for my son, Josiah, and he was so excited to get her, and I said, well, we're going to teach you how to clean the guinea pig cage. And I said, but this is how we're going to do it. First, I'm going to show you. Then, I'm going to teach you. Wow, good scenario. And then, I'm going to send you. In other words, at that point, you're on your own. And he's like, but dad. And I was like, no, Josiah, this is the way that Jesus wants things to be done. So, I'm going to show you, which means I'm going to do the work. I'm not going to do a lot of teaching. I'm going to clean the cage, and I'm going to show you how I do it. When I get done, the next time we clean the cage... You're going to do it, but I'm going to talk to you about it while you're doing it so that I can teach you and that you have an understanding of it. Then after the third cleaning comes, you're on your own. I'm not going to clean it for you. You're going to do it. It's your responsibility. Yeah, right. But 
He wanted to argue with me. He wanted to buck the system. You're like, Dad, it's easy. I can do it. I'm like, Josiah, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he won't depart from it. He's like, Dad, I'm not going to depart from it. I know how to do this. It's easy. I'm like, no, if I don't show you how I do it, if I don't teach you how to do it, then I'm setting you up for failure. And I cannot do that. If I set you up for failure, I'm being disobedient to God. Right. God told me this is how I'm to train you. So I'm going to train you in this way. Dude, that's a really good way to put it. And so, I mean, this is, this is what we need to do leaders. Mm-hmm. We can't set our people up for failure. We can't assume that when we hire someone to be on our team, that just because they went to school, that they have knowledge and skills, that they know how to do it. We have to show them the way we do it. And then after we show them, we need to talk to them about why we do it the way we do it. And after they have an understanding of why we do it the way we do it, not just don't gloss over it and say, oh, that's the way we've always done it. That's a cop out leader. Don't ever say that. Just because that's the way you've always done it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. And you have to be willing to not only teach them the why and the how, but you also have to be willing as a leader. Mm-hmm to get feedback. And so maybe this person that you've hired is coming into your organization and says, I hear what you're saying. That's, that's all valid, but here's what I think we should do. And here's why. And you work together. It's a collaboration. And so maybe you've hired new talent. You might've been doing something the same way all these years, but they bring in a way that's more efficient or more effective. Are we going to continue to do it the old way because that's how we've always done it? Or are we going to take the new knowledge and information and say, hey, you've ma- you got a good point. That's valuable to my company. It's going to save us time, which means that we're going to make more money. That's fabulous. Let's do it. And then, then you implement it. But I'm saying there's a, there's a give and take there. You're mm-hmm. going to train them on the why that you do it that way. Not just saying we've always done it this way. If you do things the way that he has ordained from the very beginning. We know that in Corinthians, it tells us that all things must be done decently in order. God is a God of order. In the beginning, the world was tohu bohu. It was without form and void. It was a a time of chaos. But God came on the scene. He took the chaos and he put it into order. There's an order to things. And when we do things in an orderly way, the way that God set it up according to his principles, it's going to prosper. It's a spiritual law. We have, we can't do anything to change it. It's a spiritual law. It's going to prosper. It has no choice but to prosper if we do it according to Jesus. Even though Jesus sent his disciples out, he didn't stop his mission. He had his mission and he went and did it. Amen. And they knew where he was so that they would be able to reach them if they needed to. And we're going to get into that in the next couple of weeks Woo-hoo! because they really did need to reach him at, at a certain point after this. Yes. And so we want to talk about that as well. I want to encourage you today to start sending your people out and sending them out. Uh, the, the Greek word there is apostolos, and that kind of sounds like apostles to me. And when you, when you know that apostles means sent ones and that the disciples were sent out, they were apostolos. That means they were sent out with a message on purpose, to fulfill a purpose. They weren't going with their own message. They were going with God's message. Mm-hmm. And when they take that message, it's going to prosper. 
Wow. Amen. Amen. Bro. Amen. So we're going to trust our people. We're going to send them out. We're not going to micromanage them, but we're going to trust them that they have the skills and training and abilities to be able to do their job to the best of their ability. And what are we, what are we there for leaders? After, after we have sent them out, we're there to coach them because Jesus doesn't just leave them at this point and say, go out. He doesn't leave them. They come back to him. And later on, he has to coach them because there's a point where they, they have a question and they say, how come we weren't able to cast out this demon? And a good coaching moment from Jesus was, these kind only come out through fasting and prayer. It wasn't a harsh correction. It was just, hey, yeah, you're doing good. You've got everything down. You're doing exactly as I showed you. But this particular kind of demon doesn't come out except through fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And so that's coaching. That's where Jesus comes along and he's like, you, you, you've done well. You're doing a great job, but here's what you can do to be, do better. <laughs> and that's what we got to do, leaders. We, we train them and then we trust them to go. Exactly. And when we bring correction to them, we're not bringing correction to them to be mean or to be nasty or... And he did it in such a loving way. Or to hurt their feelings. We're, we're in it to be kind and, and just to be kind. I mean, kindness is so important Dave Ramsey says, to be unclear is to be unkind. And so Jesus, he, he's being very clear. And he wasn't, he wasn't saying that he was frustrated that they didn't understand how, how this particular demon got cast out. But he said, hey, you're doing good, but this is the part you were missing. And that's a question. When your people come to you with questions, be ready with the answer. Be ready to coach them and help them to go to that next level. So I, I do. I want to encourage you today to start sending your people out. And and maybe that means just giving them the authority to do what they need to do. Trust them with the mission and let them do it to the best of their ability. Come on, brother. Come on. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for having us speak good words of wisdom and knowledge to help someone out there because there's someone out there Obviously, you're wanting to hear this. Thank you for continuing to work through us. Thank you for everyone out there is listening and people who hasn't tuned in yet. We just love you and we stand with you that you find this podcast and you just tune in and get a good word and find out what God is doing in your business for your life. Lord, just protect and put your full armor around everybody and to guide and keep them safe. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Until next week, we call you to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We hope today's message inspired you and ministered to you. Let us know if it did by joining the conversation. You can do that by connecting with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Clubhouse. All the details will be in the show notes. If we helped you today, please share this episode. Be sure to rate this podcast and leave us a review. When you do, it helps us know what content you find valuable so we can make more of it. Plus, it helps get this show in front of more listeners. So if you could leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Continue to seek God first and serve his people well, and your business will prosper. In Jesus' name.